You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Are you a diehard comic book collector? Or maybe a lapsed fan? Maybe even someone who has never picked up a comic book in their life. Hi, I'm Remso Martinez. And I'm Mark Clare. Every single Wednesday at the Second Print Comics Podcast, Remzo and I take a deep dive into the storylines, character arcs, moments, and events that made us the fans we are today. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else podcasts are available. Check out more from the Second Print Comics Podcast at secondprintcomics.com. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. I am as guilty as anyone else when it comes to falling into the YouTube rabbit hole. Um, It's always been one of my biggest distractions. I mean, for some people, it's social media. Like, they just get lost on Instagram forever. I mean, I I, I think I've been pretty guilty of, of that recently, especially since they put in reels. You know, the poor man's TikTok. And, uh, you know, yeah, that's distracting. Some people get distracted by Netflix, other things. Everyone has a distraction. For me, it's, um, it, it's YouTube. I mean, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an elder millennial. You know, YouTube is where it's at. YouTube is where you just find the, the craziest shit. And uh, for me, I, I've always said quite proudly, I am a YTU graduate. No, you're probably thinking, what's YTU? Uh, YouTube University. Uh, YouTube has taught me many great things, many a useless knowledge and random fun fact, but it taught me about podcasting, copywriting, investing, uh, stoicism. It taught me uh, personal fitness sometimes when I need new workout routines. It's taught me how to write. It's taught me what women do and don't like about men's fashion. I mean, it's, it's amazing what you can learn when you find that little niche area and suddenly you become an expert overnight. It reminds me of that scene from the Avengers where they're on the helicarrier and Maria Hill is listening to Tony Stark talk about like gamma radiation and everything. And she's like, when did you become an expert in that? And he just turns around and dead set has his eyes locked with her. And he's like, last night I read a book on it and I, you know, just became, became an expert. You know, I mean, over there's playing Galaga. Thinks we don't see him, but we do. <laughs> um, there, there are a few channels I really like. I like Daily Stoic. I like Goalcast, uh, Alpha M. There, there are some really great ones. And uh, there's this video by Chris Evans that I ran into. Now, I'm, I'm not uh, a person that looks to celebrities for advice on politics and life. But I, I recently picked up Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey because he has been interviewed by a lot of people I really uh, respect. Um, Chris Hogan from the Dave Ramsey Network had him on. Dr. Jordan Peterson had him on. And he's spoken with everybody and everybody, but he's spoken to the people that I go to to learn and get, you know, wisdom and advice from. And, uh, you know, listening to McConaughey, taking away the actor side of it, his, he's very stoic. Um, he's very... he. he I won't say nostalgic, but like he's, he's a person who's a very deep thinker and I I don't want to just apply it to him because he uses fancy words and he's an actor. So he's charismatic. Um, 
I started reading the book and I really like it. I might do an entire episode just reviewing Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. And as he's potentially, you know, I say that in air quotes, potentially running for governor. I mean, he's just an interesting guy. And uh, it goes to say you can learn a lot from everybody. I, I learn I learn things all the time from Uber drivers, from random conversations of strangers waiting to pick up my dry cleaning, from college professors and statesmen alike. You can learn a little bit from everybody. So I see this video titled um, uh, Chris Evans, you know how 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 Chris Evans you know discusses and handles his anxiety and depression. And I'm like Captain America, really. Captain America, Chris Evans of all people. Chris Evans doesn't have anxiety and depression. He's Captain America. He's super rich. He's a handsome dude. He's funny. Everyone likes him. What the hell does Chris Evans have to say about dealing with freaking anxiety and depression? Are you freaking kidding me? And, you know, I, I, I look over at the copy of Green Lights, and I'm just like, you know, maybe... Let's just let's just see what he has to say. And it's a it's a thought provoking video. It's a, it's an interview from 2017. So let me think he's getting ready to film Avengers Infinity War and Endgame to back to back. Captain America Civil War has just been in theaters. Uh, Chris Evans, uh, you know, is on top of the world and he's he's doing this interview for some guy's channel and I think Goldcast just grabbed it and re-edited it. I'll I'll put the link in the show notes so that way you can watch the full video yourself uninterrupted. But oh well I want to do something we've done in the past. I'm gonna go ahead and play clips. I'm gonna play the whole thing, but we're gonna stop throughout and I'm just gonna put my thoughts in there. It's just gonna be a you know an old school reaction video learning from somebody who I initially kind of judged him as somebody who has no problems, somebody that has no stresses, has no concerns. But uh, you know, that's, that's shallow. And even I picked up a few things from it. So away we go. Maybe the thing you're most scared of is exactly what you I do. I love what I do still. I have passion for it. Whatever it was, I, I just tried to dominate it. I want you to say your name and tell me what you do. Uh, I'm Chris Evans. I'm an actor. If you could give yourself advice... Like, look back and, and, and talk to the 12-year-old version of yourself. Yeah. What advice would you give? You know what I'd say, and it sounds, it might, it, it might seem oversimplified, but it's profound. I, I'd say, shh. That right there, that right there at the very beginning. Shh. That, that grabbed my attention. Everybody always has to say something. Everybody always wants to say something. Everyone always has something to say. Shh. No one's ever told me that before. And uh, as I think about it, even before he started going, it's like, just just be quiet. That's, uh, I got to give it to him. Right off the bat, he's, he's definitely got me thinking. It's been a big thing for me. Shh. You know, it's so funny how noisy my brain is, and everyone's brain is noisy. It's what it does. It makes thoughts. And the problem is, I think, in most of our lives, the root of suffering is following that brain noise and listening to that brain noise and actually identifying with it as if it's who you are. That's just the noise your brain makes, you know, and, and more often than not, it probably doesn't have much to say. Yeah, 
I, I wish I had learned that lesson a decade ago. Um, many, after many years of therapy, I was, uh, I was, I was doing a session and this is when I had kind of an epiphany moment. Um, you know, somebody that, that deals with, uh, you know, a, a lot of, a, a lot of very crippling anxiety sometimes. Uh, one of the things that I learned through, um, through talk therapy with my therapist was this idea of the voice in your head. Um, you know, we could get into the, into the weeds of it. Is it your soul? Is it your conscience? Is it, is it really part of you? Is it an outside voice in a, in a spiritual type of sense? Is it, uh, you know, part of our human evolution? If you believe in evolution and that type of stuff, um, what is that voice? And the thing is like, you know, my thoughts have always been, uh, I think my biggest enemy, I always tell myself now that, you know, the, the disaster scenarios, my biggest fears that I can imagine up are probably always going to be worse than what they are in reality. And nine times out of the 10, that's the case. And I'm talking to my therapist. I'm like, you know, I have these negative thoughts. I've got these thoughts that I just hear them. It's like, that's just not me. And, you know, she, she, she uses the, um, the, 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 the metaphor of, you know, it's like birds, um, you know, think of memories. I'm sorry. Think of, think of those thoughts, those words, those, those voices in your head. It's like birds. They, they come and they go. And, uh, you know, if a bird lands on a post, does it become the post? Is it the post? No, it's a bird. And the post is a post. You are the post. The the bird is a thought. And just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's you. Um, you know, it's just a thought. It's kind of come and go. And you can't control it sometimes. Despite your best efforts, you'll never be able to control it. You just have to remind yourself you're a post. That's all it is. And some of you might think it's just a little bit simple. But for me, that was that was a profound thing. And sometimes the best thing I can do is is a little bit of meditation uh, I've been going on walks lately, which is great because my dog really likes it. But you know, like those, those, I, I used to always want to drown out with like music or audio books or podcasts. Like I'm, my, my girlfriend hates it because I hate being in a, in a car without something playing because my thing is like always drown out your thoughts. And I think that's also something that's attributed to my insomnia because, you know, I'm always one of those people. It's like my, you know, my, my thought, the, the noise just gets louder and louder and louder so I need to drown it out with something else, you know, just silence, just giving yourself permission not to think, just saying, you know what, just pause for a minute, just shh. That's, um, it's true. And it's, it, it's, it, when, when you apply it like that, when you break it down as simple as that, it's very true. It's going to help you. For Captain America, I, I read that you turned down the role a number of times. Can you just explain why? It was because it was a big commitment. They wanted six movies and, you know, normally you do movies one at a time. And if one of those movies hits and is a success and your life noticeably changes, you know, your personal life, your anonymity, your privacy is affected, you have the opportunity to stop and regroup and go home and just, you know, make a decision from then on how you want to proceed with your life. The worry was if this movie hits, and there is a lifestyle change and I don't react well to it. I don't have the opportunity, the luxury to say, you know what guys, I'm good. I think I'm gonna go back to doing, you know, indies or, or maybe something else, you know, maybe in a couple of years, I don't wanna. That was a big fear of mine out of high school when I was, um, you know, go going through the early commissioning program at Mary Military Institute for the Ar Army ROTC there. And, uh, you know, it was, it's, it's six year commitment when, when you want to go ahead and be an officer. And, and there were many times where I'm like, you know, 
I don't even know if I if I want to do that. And I, I I did not intend on going active duty. I was a I was a National Guardsman the entire time I was in until I was honorably discharged um, for for medical reasons this year. But like there were many times where it's like you know there there's a lot of things I want to do. And, you know, even when you're a part-time citizen soldier in the Guard or Reserves, there's a lot you have to give up in order to accommodate that. Like, you know, when they when the recruiters talk to people, it's like, oh, you know, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to be impacted. But, like, that's not true. Like, it's, it's just not true. So there are many times where it's like, you know, I can't just say, you know, I'm done with this whole Army thing. Um, I can't just say, oh, you know, I, I don't want to go this training or I don't want to do this because I, you know, I want to do other things. Like it's a six year commitment, whether you're doing um, active duty or, or, or you're going to be a reservist. Like it's just, it's not something that you can just say no to. So this idea of him having to do that many movies, I mean, I, I don't know if he's ever going to come back as Steve Rogers, Captain America. I certainly wish he, d- he does. But I mean, I think the way that they ended uh, his story arc and end game was pretty good, but like I can, like you could see it in his face. If you watch the video, it's like, that's a big commitment. Like I, there, there are not many commitments like that in the world. Like no one signs on to that. If anything, you know, you can get out of commitments super easy. Like, you know, get, I think somebody once joked that like, you know, um, it's harder to return a, return a fridge to Lowe's than it is to get divorced in some cases. And isn't that like, you know, one of those things like till death to us part, like it's super easy to get out of things. And that's something that I don't think a lot of people really understand, especially when you're talking in the years. I mean, people don't even like paying back student loans and stuff like that. They try and get out of that. You're talking about a 10 year commitment to work. Um, and you know, if you get out of it, it's, it's, it's just not going to end well for you. If you try and break that contract, like that's, that's, a, that's really stressful. And I mean, he was, he was young when he's doing it. He's still kind of a young guy. So, I mean, I can, I can somewhat, empathize with with his situation having had to have really the same conversation with myself and my family at a very young age i was just 18 act anymore i don't know it's just six movies can be spread over 10 years and you're making a decision for a decade and it's not just a decision for you if the lifestyle changes to a point where your anonymity is compromised then it's really not your right to complain anymore so if all of a sudden someone in your family ends up in a hospital and you're going in and out every day and someone's taking pictures of you and you complain, everyone's going to say, too bad, you made this bed sleep in it. And that's a shame. And that's a decision you have to make and prepare for. This isn't this ripple effect isn't just going to be uh, about me. And that's scary, you know, and you think, well, is there another way to get where I want to get without this? You know what I mean? If the, if the strings attached are six movies, that's a scary loss of control that I just wasn't ready to process. And... So I said no, and uh, I asked every human being in my life what they thought, and you know, everyone said I should do the movie, and um, I did. I said I've gone to therapy. I went to therapy. I was like, fine, I'll talk to talk to a therapist, see what they have to say, and you know, uh, you know, because I do struggle with, I get anxiety about certain things and press and things like that, and it's you know, all those things were tied into the Marvel responsibilities. Uh, when I first started blogging and writing and doing stuff online. Uh, my first article, uh, which is not attributed to me, I don't even remember what it was called. It was like a listicle or something. It went viral. It, it literally had a million Vs within a year. Uh, first thing my parents told me was never let anyone know who you are, uh, especially if you're going to keep doing this. And, uh, you know, I said, yeah. And then about a year and a half later, I'm, I'm at Freedom Works and I'm writing, doing stuff for Students for Liberty. I'm, inter- I'm being interviewed when I start working on campaigns and local papers, local radio, and I start building a bigger name for myself. And, 
you know, my college campus, I was a Students for Liberty campus coordinator. I was in the gun rights group. I was the, I was the rowdy libertarian guy in all my classes. Um, you know, when, when, when I started dating my girlfriend, you know, it was somewhat unfair because people didn't like me. Uh, and because they, you know, some people didn't like me, they would take it out on her. And I mean, people can be vicious. And then, you know, as my profile grew and I'm nobody famous, but you know, if you have a couple viral moments, you do a show, you make an appearance, you get an article, um, people start going after you. And there have been times where, you know, big outlets, um, HuffPo, NBC over the years, I mean, when, when you're just under a microscope like that, like I thought it was just bad on my college campus when there were some moments where people tried to, to cancel me and stuff. It was, uh, I, I would puke. There were, there were a few moments in my life where I'm just being attacked by people for, you know, different things. And, um, I remember one time, uh, I was working a campaign. I was working another couple jobs. I had a couple things go, go screwy and, you know, just the fear of that because people start going after my brother, people start going after my family, people start going after my girlfriend, people start going after my friends, and it was all because of me. Um, I mean, it was that in a bunch of situations. I, I mean, I, I want to get specific. It's just you know, it was a lot of things going on at once. I just remember, um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm just on my knees puking just constantly. Like it wasn't just like a sickness; it was just like a fear, anxiety. And uh, you know, I've still had that happen over the years. I, I don't, I don't post a lot of personal stuff, personal photos of like uh, my girlfriend's stuff as much as she would probably like online. I mean, she, we're at the point now where it's like we don't want Zuckerberg to have everything. But, you know, I, I was afraid, uh, you know, when 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 everything was going down to parlor, um, you know, my, my dad's in the military. You've all heard my father um, in a few episodes ago. Like I'm like, is, is he going to get in trouble because of me, especially since we have the same name? Like, what's this going to do with my brother? My brother's in grad school. Uh, my brother's also an award-winning, award-winning, uh, you know, filmmaker and producer. Like, is this going to hit on him? What about my girlfriend? When people start to come after me, they want to attack those closest to me. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm outside D.C. Like, everything every, everything rotates around this shit town. And, uh, you know, I, I would, you know, I've got... It, like 30,000 people follow me on parlor thousands of people follow me on, on, uh, on Twitter and Facebook and other places. And, you know, I've got a massive newsletter. I get thousands of downloads. I'm not saying this to boast, but it's like, I, I don't get my privacy anymore. And when everything went down to parlor after the Capitol and, you know, for those that don't know, I left in December, I took a severance to leave, uh, signed an NDA. Like, you know, I got, I actually, I still get reporters, from the Washington Post, New York Times, BuzzFeed. Like, I've got everybody coming on my LinkedIn, my Instagram, people sending me very hateful messages, like, and, and some, some of them have sent it to, to people I love, and it's just, it's it's scary, and, uh, you know, it was part of that success. I wanted to be in a public-facing role. I wanted more opportunities. I wanted to make more money. I wanted to be more of a commodity, and it's, uh, it's not... People really, like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I would, you know, and especially right now, I'm looking for a job full-time as I transition out of uh, private contracting as a copywriter. It's like, I just want, uh, I, I, I just want peace. <laughs> I just want quiet. That's why I'm moving out of this area. I'm not telling anyone where I'm moving uh, once I do, but I'm telling you, I'm, I'm moving somewhere quiet where you have low populations. 
And, uh, you know, it's just, I, I get it. After my first book, like my first book was endorsed by Ben Shapiro. You know how many people came and like attacked me <laughs> because of, you know, guilty by association. If you didn't like Ben Shapiro, you weren't going to like me because he liked my book. Like shit like that was just, I get it. I, I absolutely get it. What Chris Evans has just said, I, I a hundred times, million times completely understand it. And it kind of started to shift on me. It's, it, it started to feel like maybe the thing you're most scared of is exactly what you should do. Maybe this is actually what you should push yourself into. And it just started to make sense to me that way. And I said, let's go for it. And, uh, you know, it was a bumpy acclimation. It was certainly a nerve-wracking first couple weeks of shooting as to whether or not I made the right choice. But in retrospect, it certainly was. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I mean, Kicking myself. <laughs> oh, man. oh, and my agent's got, you know, a lifetime supply of I told you so's off that one. The times that I felt my best are the moments that I've been able to pull that plug and say, Chris, shh, shh, shh. And it's not quitting, it's not giving up, it's not washing your hands of the thought, it's rising above it. It's operating on a separate plane. It's it's, it's, you can't dissect why that works because the reason it works doesn't speak the same language that the brain speaks. You can't try and say, well, why shush? Because the shush is, you know, it's different. It's different. And when you just, shh, yeah, yeah, it just feels good. And you're like, that's better. That's better. And I think back to all the amount of time I've probably spent suffering as a result of brain noise. Amen. Amen. Uh, l- let me tell you, one of the most nerve-wracking moments was recently as I'm I'm going through, a, I'm, I'm getting ready for my uh, me- medical assessment to see whether or not I was going to stay in the military because of uh, issues related to a car accident from 2016. And, you know, there, there are many things going through my mind, like, you know, what if I have to pay back college? What if, uh, what if I don't get disability? What if, um, you know, what if I have to do all these other things? What if I'm not going to be able to take care of myself after this? What am I going to do for work? Because this is one of the one of the things where I'm still getting reliable income. You know what? what you know what type of discharge am I going to get? Because there are multiple types. Like it was, it was terrifying. And literally for the three, four days leading up to that, um, I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't do any work. I was almost, I was almost catatonic. Because let me tell you. As soon as I showed up, it was only a couple hours. I held my paperwork with me. People knew what to expect. Uh, it was an easy process. Everyone was friendly. <laughs> I got everything I wanted out of it, and I walked out. And a month later, I was I was uh, honorably discharged. And I, I look at that, and it's just like it was the exact opposite of everything going through my mind. Like it couldn't have been a more perfect situation with how everyone handled everything and, you know, everyone I spoke with, all my superior officers and everything else, the medical professionals, like everything was just, you know, everything was fine. Everyone was friendly. Everyone was professional. Like it got done. And, you know, I I looked at that after that and it felt like a giant weight had been taken off my shoulders. But, you know, I looked at the last, you know, three, four days and I'm just like, my God, you're, you're a freaking wreck. You're a freaking wreck, man. And all you had to do if I had just done that, if I had just gone, shh, if I had prayed even, because I, I believe that, you know, Christ can console you when you can't console yourself. If I had just done that, shh, just to quiet those, that damn voice in my head, who knows, could have, 
have read a couple books, Cured Cancer in Four Days, written another book about something, recorded some podcasts, applied for some uh, applied for some new jobs or something, try and get some clients, take my girlfriend out, do anything. Instead, I was I was just terrified. And, uh, you know, if I had just gone, shh, who knows? You could do a lot in four days. Hours of my life wasted. Just shh, shh. So, that's what I'd say. Where are you from? I'm from Boston. You still consider that your home, you said, when you were walking out there? Yeah, yeah, I got a place back there. I mean, like I said, I got nothing against L.A. I just prefer the East Coast. I'm one of six. Uh, I have uh, three brothers and sisters. Older sister, myself, younger brother, younger sister. We were really close, you know, a very tight-knit family. We did everything together. We're all actors, so we're all very melodramatic. We're all very, um you know, imaginative, and we would play a lot of games together just in our backyard. I had a great childhood, I had a great youth, and my family was a big part of that, that's why I love them, but going home for me is kind of where I just reconnect to that part of my mind, you know, and you just come out here for too long, and things that shouldn't matter start mattering, and you say, I gotta, I gotta recharge. But between, you know, living in Lynchburg when I was in college, managing and staffing campaigns, and when I was working in D.C., the time I've always just really been home uh, with my family in Fairfax has always been the time where I can really refocus and center myself. And you know, I've made many friends over the years, got many good friends, you know, big people, small people, uh, really important people, just regular people and all types of people. But the people that really matter most to me are my girlfriend, my parents, my brother, and, you know, really my friends. You, you've all met, I mean, you've met my my father. You've seen my brother on our show, The Witching Hour, uh, which is in the show notes if you want to go ahead and check those out. Um, and on the Degenerate panel here on the run, we've got uh, Zed, Derek, and Sean. And, I mean, Sean, Zed, Derek, they're, I've known them since I was 12. They knew me before all of this, before the books, before the shows, before the podcast, before the writing before uh before all of that before the 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 small bursts of internet notoriety amongst the small niche famous corners of the internet Al Gore's amazing creation and uh you know they're they're my closest friends and they they see me just as me and whenever I've needed to just you know be told to shut up and think and just listen and just you know just get just that again just get back to earth major tom it's it's always been them, so it's uh, it's interesting to hear that. For, you know, usually you've got these celebrity types. It's like, oh yeah, you know, my family matters, but for him to really emphasize, you know, it's like I need them to bring me down to earth. Yeah, I get it. I really do. Initially, I was really big into uh, art. I was, I was drawing and painting, and thought art school was going to be the path I was going to take. I didn't start acting until I was about maybe 13, 14. My older sister was doing plays. She was having a ball. I figured I'd try it, and it was a good time, so I kept doing it. Probably had much bigger balls then than I do now. Now I sit, you know, terrified before auditions. I probably couldn't wait to get in the room. I mean, I think back to some of the things I did at, you know, uh, acting camp and things like that. Just the, the gusto, the willingness. God, who has the yearbook? <laughs> who did this? This were is, you were you in the virtuous burglar or the bald soprano? I was in the virtuous burglar. And what role did you play? I don't remember. 
I mean, I, I did a lot of plays. I couldn't tell you the. I, I mean, I have nightmares about this, where you're backstage and all of a sudden they're like, all right, we're doing the Virtuous Burger. You gotta go. It's like, I don't remember my lines. Just get out there. They'll come to you. And you come out on stage with a play you did 15 years ago. And you're forced, this is, this is what happens when I sleep. Damn. Back in the good old days. The good old fun. days, 97. What a time. Where did that change? I mean, when, when did the anxiety start uh, to When over? it actually matters, you know, when you're like auditioning for, you know, for your work, your career, your life, you know, you're an adult. It's not just fun and games. You're actually trying to build something. And when it doesn't work out, you start to kind of get, you know, it's a heady game acting, you know. For any movie you book, there's probably you know, dozens of rejections and that, that can play on you. So you start to kind of put pressure on yourself, you know. Sometimes you go through stints of having really good auditions, really solid auditions, being like, I'm good. Every time I go in the room, I feel centered, I'm present, I'm ready. Other times you're like, man, I, I feel like I forget how to act. And then you're on shaky ground every time you step in a room. You said that, that it's, there's a search to be in the moment. Mm -hmm. Does that only apply to acting? It's everything that reality looks and feels and smells and sounds like, but you know it's not. And, and you're completely in control of that unfolding. And that's the time where I really feel the most present. And I think that's part of my addiction to acting because I struggle to find that in life. It's a bit harder when there's no script and this is just happening in a chaotic form. But the hunt for the moment, you know, the hunt to be present, that's the goal, you know what I mean? Acting is like a temporary artificial substitute that, it's like a drug, it's great. Um, my goal in life is to find that, you know, to be present like that in life, it's hard. I, I don't know about you guys, but I really did appreciate this video and, you know, it could have been really anybody, but, you know, I happened to land on a Chris Evans video. And uh, it, it really made me think about some stuff, as I as I mentioned throughout, uh, as we took breaks to have me kind of rant about it. But you know, nobody's perfect. Everybody has their own challenges. Everybody is human. Um, you know, no matter who you are or where you are in your life, you're always going to have some challenges, regardless of how perfect things might be. And you know, this is kind of a trivial thing. We learn this young, but I think we need these constant reminders. And for anyone that has dealt with uh, anxiety, depression addiction, you know, and anything that has made you your own worst enemy, um, you know, he, he goes to therapy. He went to see a therapist. Hey, I want to go see, I, you know, I've seen multiple therapists. Um, you know, I still do a lot of self-development and despite all the books, despite all the lectures, despite all the existing wisdom in the world, sometimes we just need to be quiet and just shh. Simple. It's simple and profound. And that's all I got to say. Hey, what do you think? Let's go ahead and have a conversation about this. I'm not going to pitch anything else. Don't even remind you of anything. I mean, let's just really uh, talk about this online. You know, what, what do you think? What did you gain from this? And how can we all benefit from just letting silence center us, bring us down to earth, and, uh, you know, give us a small sense of peace? so we can figure out what, what really is going on and whether it's even that big of a deal. Alrighty, talk to you next week. Have a relaxing week. You know, this is supposed to be a down-to-earth, kind of an out-there episode. Let's just relax, and uh, as always, we'll talk to you later. Bye.
listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Like The Chris Spangle Show, Liberty Explained, The Brian Nichols Show, The Boss Hog of Liberty, Freedom Strips with Keaton Tucker, On the Run with Rimzo Martinez, Gingerarchy with Trisha Stewart Mann, Upward Libertarian Activism, and now hear this. Tune in now and we're going to help you sound smarter when talking with your friends. 